everyone. This is episode 12 of Left for Dread, and I am Rain Marlowe. And I'm Chris Sampson, and stay, uh, and just stop the presses, Dreadfuls. We have more <laughs> guest hosts! Oh my god! Yay! <laughs> so, we, well, uh, welcome back to the, to the show, Starla. You were awesome on your episode. Thanks, and who Chris. who is the strangest voice that's also on the show? My husband, what, Josh. What a booming baritone. No, hey, I'm Josh. <laughs> that we've yes! <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Josh, and welcome to Starla. And I'll try and so... earn some cred back from not being here last time. So, Josh, oh, why are you so I'm cool sure that you had you skipped out the recording? Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. No, you're you're redeeming yourself fine. right now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll get it back one step at a time. All right. So today we're. This was actually Chris. I think this was your idea. We're actually talking about the. I think it was. Maybe I don't know. You no, take the credit, Ryan. Go, go. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm giving you the credit for this. So this is all Chris's idea. Um, we're doing an episode on the movie Urban Legend from the glorious '90s, mm-hmm. and it shows. Oh my God, this movie yeah. is so dated. <laughs> it really I love shows. it. <laughs> I owned that video when I was in like growing up we had it on vhs and i remember my brother and i just thought it was the best movie and then we watched josh and i watched it the other day and i was like huh (laughs) what was i thinking (laughs) yeah this so it was like 98 or what whatnot wasn't that like the end of the slasher era scream came out yeah but that was like 90 early 90s so this probably like killed the slasher early 90s fun fact like uh, we're off by about seven days, but on September 25th, this film will be exactly 20 years old. Wow. That's ins- that that insane. Feel yeah. Old. <laughs> now, did you know that before well, you recommended the movie or? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, so, okay. So Scream came out in 1996 mm-hmm. and Urban Legend came out in 1998. So it was about what that's like two years after wasn't i know what you did last summer yeah i think it was right between the two yeah but here's the thing is scream holds up in terms of the 90s slasher movies (laughs) this does not The, Josh like, loved it. <laughs> this movie, but, I, but this, I loved it though. Like it this movie is such up, a like, campy and what? Yeah, it's so it's so campy and it's yeah. such it's such ninety slasher nostalgia and it's great. But it really does like. I feel like if I watched, I know what you did last summer. Now I'd hate it. And I loved it. I loved it. We so watched it for Halloween it. last year. Last year we, we were carving yes. pumpkins. We watched both that, both the I Know What You I, Did Last I Summer. And I still know what you did last summer. And the second one is Ooh. so bad. Yeah, the second one. But oh. the first one was... I like the first one. I thought the first one... No, the first one's good. Mm-hmm. Isn't... um. Oh, what's I this one? The guy from The Big Bang Theory in uh, the first one. Uh, yes. Ryan Phillippe? No, the one. The guy who's like the... I don't, I don't watch that. Johnny... Johnny... Uh, John Gal- Galkey? What's his name? What's his last oh, name? Oh, Galicky? Johnny? Yeah. Oh, uh, he's the... Wait, he's, he's the guy who plays... Um, 
He's like the boyfriend or something. No, oh he likes her. No, he's don't you like, remember? He's like Max, the guy that works in the in the fish factory or something. But he likes um He was in Scream. Or am I thinking no, of No, you're thinking else? of I know what you did last summer. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yes. He yeah. likes her, remember? He like you think he's Yeah, you think, you think he's, he's the killer. The killer? Yeah. You think he's the killer. Yeah. Alright, so I actually liked Urban Legends. I didn't remember this movie at all. But I didn't either. if it would have played it straight in a couple different parts, I think it would have been such a good movie. But I, so there, like the first part, like the introduction with the one character and she's singing like Total Eclipse of the Heart. She's like, turn around. Yeah, I like, kept, the lyrics kept saying turn around. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is setting the tone for the worst movie in well, the Well, no, world. It, I thought it was funny because the and lyrics she's were so turn around and it. she hasn't turned around in her own car yes. to realize there's a killer in the background. I love that. Yeah, but everyone knows that. I didn't. No, but I mean, yeah, the but lyrics I think that that's, are telling Well, yeah, her. but that's also part of the, well, in... The iteration of the urban legend that I grew up with, that's part of the urban legend is that song comes on the radio and like nobody pays attention to it. Mm-hmm. That's and there's a guy the in the backseat in the car. Well, the one it's when I was growing around. up, the way I heard it, yeah, when I heard the, the so this is what I love about urban legends and like why I really liked this movie and why I thought it it was so good for the for the genre is that when I was growing up and I heard that version of that urban legend the song in the version i was told is playing on the radio hmm which is not the way other people have heard it but that's that's kind of why i like urban legends and that was kind of the whole point of the movie it's like every campus and every town has their version Mm -hmm. uh, the same version of that of an urban legend that everyone gets told Mm -hmm. so was the was the gang thing gang gang is that an actual urban legend because i felt like not to play into the urban legends thing, but I thought that was a real thing. And I know that's the point of urban legends, but... I mean, actually, that's one of the ones I didn't look up. Because, so, okay, so... Oh, okay, well, well, thanks to Wikipedia, I found <laughs> something. Okay, yeah. so... Reputable source. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'll, I'll, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Alright, so, quote... Uh, beginning in the early 1980s, a widespread rumor regarding flashing headlights was spread mainly through facts and later on the internet. The rumors stated that various gangs across the United States carry out an initiation wherein the initiate drives around at night with his headlights off. Whichever driver flashes his headlamps in response to the unlit car becomes a target to complete the initiation. The prospective gang member must hunt down and shoot, kill, assault, or rape the target. Oh, wow, that's... I did not know that. Okay. Um, the story was widely spread by many government organizations, including the New Mexico State Police. There, this rumor has been proven to be an urban legend. Um, apparently, the story originated in Montana, um, uh, affiliated with the Hell's Angels bike gang. Um, uh, four years later, the story spread to... Uh, Eugene, Oregon, um, where it just changed to include um, Latino and black gangs. Uh, and then in 1993, uh, the story reappeared. Uh, this, and this was the version that was spread through fax and email forwarding. Um, so this has popped up in, in cycles uh, over and over. Uh, so what so. you're saying is my childhood was a lie. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Uh, 
<laughs> but looking in your back seat before you get into the car, like that's something my mom has always said to do. And then the babysitter one where um, someone's calling from inside the house, that one I've heard before I ever saw the movie. So some of them, I think, have some credence, even if they're just urban legends. They've been, you know, shared around the around the globe. Well, yeah, because a lot of these urban legends have been turned into uh, like warnings and stories for kids growing up. So the warning against premarital sex was to there's this couple that is making out in a car and they hear over the radio that there's an escaped lunatic with a hook for a hand running around. And then they hear scratching at the door and the guy gets out and there's a hook in the door, but no guy. And then they take off. That's your urban legend warning against premarital sex. <laughs> so they all have some like basis in beware, don't do the thing. Which because this is what's going to happen. Which to you. leads me to my first question: Do you think that a college anywhere teaches a class on urban legends? Um, as an elective, I, yeah, <laughs> definitely as an elective. <laughs> definitely as an elective, and I would like to think that there is because I would love to take that class. Yeah, that was like that guy's bread and butter, and he was like teaching them and like giving those examples, like they were so poignant. He's like, take the pop rocks and put them in your mouth. Now drink the pop, and she's like, no, I won't. I was like, just do it. It's fake. I believe exactly, you. exactly. <laughs> I mean, when I was in college, I took. Uh, I took a class about Harry Potter, James Bond, and Sherlock Holmes. So I feel like anything could be a class in college at this point. Yeah, it's probably true. But I would like to go there. Yeah, beautiful campus. Right? What college campus looks like that? that We Josh and I kept saying that. We were like, "Eh, that's very (laughs) realistic. I had a beautiful university, but it didn't have that old antique glow to it that this movie had that you know it was, it was eerie but at the same time it was really beautiful i mean the, her dorm building there's no way that that's an actual dorm they shot that in a building where either people take classes or it's a <laughs> library and then they just spliced in an actual dorm, dorm yeah there's no way there's a dorm that looks like that <laughs> like inside her uh inside her dorm room it's like also, the, it's like a hotel that was room. Huge, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like that is enough that is just for her room. roommate to have a whole half of the room and make it her own, and enough for her to have a whole half of the room and make it her own. Mm. So I just looked up uh, filming locations for uh, the, the college campus and other parts of the movie. So this was filmed uh, around Toronto, Ontario. Um, oh, hey, uh, the the the, the co- New England College Stanley Hall. Um, Melbourne, New Hampshire is the University of Toronto campus, uh, smack in the city, in the middle of Toronto. Um, and this, ho- all this same university has also been, uh, also appeared in the 2008 Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Which bad Hulk movie was that? The one with Edward Norton? Uh, and Eric I think 2008 is the Ed- Edward Norton one. I mean, they're both. I love Edward Norton, but yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. I do too, but he yeah, Mark Ruffalo. That's a different podcast. <laughs> That's a different Mark Ruffalo. Um, also, the the frat house is uh, is actually the Lakeshore Psychiatric Hospital. So, fun fact. Yeah. Uh, nice. So I think we li- we got a little bit off track. So, so uh, let's, let's 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 okay. We love tangents, but uh, I think for anyone, yes, we do. Um, I think for anyone who hasn't 
seen Urban Legend or doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, so Urban Legend is a um, 1998 uh, a psych- psychological slasher film uh, directed by Jamie Blanks, um, written by Sylvia Horta, and it has like a pretty ensemble cast. Um, um, it has Jared Leto, it has Tara Reid, uh, Robert Ungland, um, Joshua um, Jackson, Brad Dourif. Um, and yeah, so I was really surprised, like, uh, uh, Re- like Rebecca Gayhart, Alicia Witt, like there, there's a lot of really cool names in here. Uh, oh wait, Loretta Devine or Devine, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, you know, like Lex Luthor. Oh yeah, yeah Smallville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. douchebag with hair. I, I, it hair. really bothered me that he had hair. It's like, is that is that a wig? Is that, is that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so basically, um, the the elevator pitch of this movie is a series of murders uh, happen across this college campus in New England, and all of them are inspired by or modded by popular urban legends and uh our main character oh god what's her name my gosh uh she looks like scully from the side she does yeah oh natalie <laughs> yes and like these these murders are centered around natalie what's for the some name of the actress that plays her alicia witt yes oh uh, yeah uh she reminds me of the girl from, of the redhead from six feet under What's her name? Lauren Ambrose, I believe is her name. I don't know. I just, I took one look at her and I was like, I know you're not her, but you look, you look so much like her. Uh, I'm sticking with Scully. I think she looks, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, apparently she's, uh, she got her start in film by being discovered by David Lynch. Uh, so she was in Dune and Twin Peaks. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's the main like elevator pitch of the movie, um, and uh, I think I think the audience already knows like what we feel about it. It's like it's very it's very dated. It's like a a perfect time capsule of '90s camp. Um, but I, what, what are your overall thoughts about the movie? Campy, but love it. Mm, I definitely agree. I I'm squarely in the same camp. I um so I actually really liked one thing that really stood out to me in this movie was the kills. I thought the kills were very original. Mm-hmm. Um every one I was like, "Oh, okay." Like it seemed earned. It seemed um I, it was just very creative. You know, yeah. it wasn't like, "Oh, I'm going to stab you with a knife." Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I don't know how much detail you want to go into, but like the principal Oh, whatever. we're we're going to oh, spoil it this, for this, this is totally spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> yes. Skip yes, ahead yes. uh 15 seconds because everything's going to be a spoiler. No. Uh so, yeah, the principal getting like his Achilles sliced and then the he gets run over by the car over the spike strips or whatever. I thought all of that was I, it was great. That was my favorite kill of the movie. That was my favorite too. Mm, I like um, the Drano, the guy getting a a tube and and Drano poured down his throat. I thought that was pretty effective. And Pop Rocks, don't and forget Pop, the Pop Rocks. Rocks. Can't forget the Pop Rocks. <laughs> the one Rocks. that I think the one kill that bothered me the most, which shouldn't surprise anybody, was the dog. I know. <laughs> I know. They didn't have to I kill hated the dog. that. I know. I agree. I'm right there with you, Ryan. So I will I... say that if like oh yeah, go ahead, Josh. Okay, okay, sorry. Uh I was gonna say my favorite kill was the Tara Reed kill. And mainly like the work up to that. 
I thought the tension was really good and it was just how it was delivered. Right. So like, and I think it can only be presented in a movie that was this campy because if not, it would be a little off putting, but I still would have liked to see this movie played straight, but like the whole, she can be heard on the radio and everyone's like, that's, she's paying homage to uh, 25 years ago. And she's actually being chased. And like, I remember one of the things, one of the scenes that stuck out to me was like, she's running away from the killer and the killer like jumps out around a corner and like swings his ax. And it was like three separate scenes of like him swinging the ax, like a close up of the ax, like hitting right by her face. And then like, uh, like an over to the shoulder shot or something. And it was really good. It was just good tension. I was like, Oh, like when she fell and she was just hanging on, I'm like, uh Oh, she's going to get her hands chopped off. You're like, you know, she's going to die. It's not like main character syndrome. It's just like, how is she going to die? And that's one thing I love about horror is when they drag that out, right? They drag out like the horror aspect of it, um, the tension. And they did a really good job of just dragging and dragging that out, I thought. And I, I thought it, um, I those are all great points. I, I thought but another thing that was great about that scene, it, it drove uh, the character development of one of my all-time favorite characters from this movie, um, uh, oh god, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Reese, Reese Wilson, Laura Devine, like the Renda cop, like like progressively throughout the movie, she's becoming more of a badass, and like especially during that radio scene, like she's like driving and um like, heading to the scene. If she she gets there too late, like uh, I thought that was like a prominent. Um, I think I think definitely there's a turning point after that where she just like straight up becomes like that. Uh, that um. That seventies, eighties, uh, pulpy cop that she adores, like in real life in the movie, and it's like, yes, yes, Reese, you're my girl, you're awesome, go get it. Yes, until so I agree with you. I liked her at the end, but I thought at the beginning, like after the goth girl died, and her and the uh, principal are like, we're not gonna investigate this murder. I'm like, I, I don't think that's your call. Also, they would have called. So I was, I was looking at it from a law enforcement perspective and I was like, they would have called the police so long ago. They wouldn't have had (laughs) campus patrol answer these murder calls. Like it. So I was looking at it critically, but I guess, I mean, it is urban legend, so you can't take it super seriously, but I was just like, Oh, they would have hundred percent called the regular police, like not relied on Reese to, to save the school. It was like hot. This movie definitely requires a suspension of belief because you can poke so many holes. Like why? Why didn't? Why didn't? Why did the the dean like not agree to get extra security? Or why did Reese say, "Oh, it's fine"? The dean told me not to call anyone. I'm not gonna call anyone. Why is there an an encyclopedia Um, of urban legends in the library? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't know. I think my if I'm gonna get nitpicky about anything because it's in my nature let's just be honest I think my one problem with the movie the way I would have preferred it to go was just one I would have (laughs) yeah I would have liked to have seen Dawson from Dawson's Creek Mm, Pacey Um, Pacey Oh, right. Shit. Sorry. I even <laughs> screwed that up. Although I love that they started playing the theme song I know. Justin's Creeper in the car. It was like, that's great. Um, I do think that Joshua, I wanted Joshua Jackson to last longer. Like, if you had put Tara Reed's death 
where his was, I feel like it still would have been just as satisfying as it was. But I either wanted Joshua Jackson to be the killer because I felt like trying to pin it on Jared Leto just because he was being the investigative journalist was a fucking cop out. And that irritated me a lot. Like, I love Jared Leto, especially, like, 90s, 30 Seconds to Mars Jared Leto. But I think he should have died a lot earlier in the movie. I wanted Joshua Jackson to, like, either be the killer or last a lot longer. Because he was, like, the Randy of this movie. He knew the urban legends, like, back to front. So I wanted to see him just, like, a little bit more. He just died too soon. Yeah, they kind of build him up, like like he was going to have some redeeming value. She's like, oh, so now you're pretending to be a human being or whatever. Well, in that time period in late in the mid to late 90s, I felt like he would have been their box office draw for a lot of women or, or teenage girls because of Dawson's Creek. Because if my memory serves me correctly, Dawson's Creek was probably ending around that time and having him in a movie and not just as a red shirt character... Um, would have been a smart move on their part. But I don't know. I'm not, I guess they didn't envision the character that way. I mean, he was also in Cruel Intentions, which also came out in the night, like around the same time too, I believe. Watching him in that was just a blast. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I, I wanted to see more of him. Yeah. I, okay. So this is kind of jumping ahead. At what point did, oh, yeah. did everyone realize... This is... I'm, like, proud of this. At mm-hmm. what point did everyone realize who the killer was? I and didn't. Actually, did anyone... Has anyone seen this movie before? Let's get that one out of the way. So, when I was watching this film, like, I flashed back, because I don't... I definitely I definitely didn't see this movie in theaters. I, I must have seen it um, on, like, some TV rerun. Um, but I watched it starting... I, I want to say in the third act, like I don't quite recall wh- when exactly I started, but I, I had vivid memories of the reveal. Uh, and so I, I, I was, it was already spoiled for myself. So I already knew uh, what, uh, who was the, the, the true killer. Uh, and I'm upset. I'm bummed about that because like, I, I would, I don't think I would have thought that, um, uh, the the uh, identity Gayhart? the final kill yeah mm-hmm. I didn't think that Brenda would would have been the killer. She was a good killer too. I was telling Josh she does crazy really well. Um, her eyes, her hair. I wouldn't say there were points when I didn't think she was a very good actress, but then there were other points, especially in the reveal, the big reveal scene at the end. I was like, wow, because they did everything from her makeup to her hair, everything. She she executed it perfectly. Yeah, can someone tell me what was up with that southern accent at the end of the movie that kept slipping in and out of there? Is that her, or was that her just, like, completely losing it? And she's like, I don't know who I am. I'm trying out a new personality now while I'm talking to you. Maybe. Maybe. You're giving this movie way too much credit. Well, I I mean, maybe, but, I mean, she's she's very much a chameleon, which makes her the best kind of killer. Mm hmm She's very sweet. She comes off as a concerned friend. Very uh, innocent and just Very, yes. Yes. They kind of made everyone like a hyper version of, of uh, I, I don't know, these stereotypes. Like she's kind of the ditzy girl. 
There's the douchebag guy. I don't know, the Lex Luthor guy. I don't, you guys know Michael Rosenbaum. And then, I don't know, and I think the reason why that works in this movie is because I think if they didn't do that, it would have been more obvious that she was the killer. I don't know. Maybe they could have played everything straight. You figured it out, though. I remember Josh was Josh told me that he was going to write down the person he thought it was in a notebook, and he would show me at the end, and I would tell him if he was right or not. Because I, if he asked me during the movie, I would give it away with my facial expressions without even saying anything. <laughs> so he wrote it down, and he figured it out, I'd say... It was say... right before... I wrote it down. It was right before the party scene. Yeah. Right after the yeah, principal figured, died. After the dean, or uh, dean was killed uh, on, the, on the spikes of the tire. Yeah. I was like, I think it's her. Like, remember there was that one scene where she's swimming, and... And, like, the person's coming in the jacket, and the main character, Scully, she's, like, trying to get to her. And she's like, oh, my gosh! And then the girl takes off her jacket, and it's just one of the swimmers. I was like, okay, she's indoors with a winter coat on, with the hood up. What is this girl yeah, doing? Yeah, well, what... what, what. This movie, I, I think the movie's confused about the weather, because, like, at least three different people had, like, the same jacket. Yeah. They did. They're red herrings throughout. Yeah, red herrings. And I like also that the characters would refer to the killer as he. Uh, and I think that was also a red herring to the audience, because even when Josh was, just a few minutes ago, was talking about the killer with Tara Reed. He was saying he, and it's interesting that we automatically just go to that assumption, and then at the end there's this big twist, and we discover all along that the sweet, innocent girl is actually, you know, a vindictive vigilante type who, you know, is heartbroken over the loss of her, her love of her life. Called it. You did call it. Yeah. I, 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 really, <laughs> I really enjoyed how many red herrings the film put in. Like, you always saw shots of, of combat boots uh and mm -hmm. like uh you never really i mean in some shots you saw the first person but you always saw like partial shots of the killer's body so uh and it, it, the quick cuts so it always kept you guessing and i really enjoyed uh the, those directorial choices I, I literally chris i made a note uh going along the lines of what you said i made a note um after she got in the car with the janitor at like the end of the movie and he had the the same jacket. I wrote I wrote down. Does everyone at this school own the same jacket? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, I I yeah. I like that we had two horror greats in this movie that were not the killer, that were minute ish characters, so that we didn't have to think about them too much. You had Brad Dourif at the beginning. And then you had Robert England teaching the class, and neither one of them ended up being the killer. And I thought that that was the best part. Also, um, you also had Danielle Harris, who's uh, a scream queen for all of her roles in the Halloween series. But uh, according to the casting list, she plays Tosh. That's Guadneri, that's her godfather. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, who is Tosh? Okay. Okay, that makes okay. That I I was like, who who? Are the, oh, okay, okay, it makes all sense. But oh, that was also another scene I remember quite vividly. Before it's like, um, that that was like I don't know. I guess I, I I caught commercial breaks or I was doing something in between. But when I first saw it, I saw that scene or the or like or maybe they 
I, you know what? TV probably cut it out, but there was a scene where she starts getting choked and uh, Scully doesn't notice. And then <laughs> I vividly remember like that the third act reveal. See, I didn't remember the reveal, but I remembered that uh, Freddy Krueger teaches the class. And I remembered this. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's Freddie, and Brad Dourif was the guest attendant, and he's Chucky. So that's why I was like, we have two like huge that's... horror movie. My mind is blown right now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it all comes full circle. Yes. Oh my gosh! So for me, I remembered that part, and I remembered the bit with the goth girl because I've heard that urban legend before. The aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Mm-hmm. Uh, and e- even um, you also have uh, Julian Richings, the janitor. He's pretty he's appeared in a lot of horror stuff that's yeah 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 he's he was death on supernatural yeah he's also he also appeared in cube which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies uh yes. so good, yes. Such a good movie. um he just has one of those faces he's been in a ton he does like i mm-hmm. i just reread good omens recently and whenever they're talking about death like, as one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, his is the only face I picture. <laughs> so. I, he's got a great, he has a really great theatrical expression, and just his features are so prominent, and his sharp cheekbones, and his kind of long, greasy hair that covers part of his face, and yeah, he has a really striking profile that I think is is very uh, suitable for movies like this. Oh, yeah. I he demand justice for Julian. Red herrings. <laughs> I demand justice. He was he was wrongly wrongly profiled by by Scully, and then he got he got dead. And I'm so sad because I really liked him. I think as we, I was watching it, I was like, I was like, is the janitor dead? Where did he? He just disappeared. It, like they got into the car crash. I don't know. He definitely has that supremely creepy aura about him. He's like the max of I know what you did last summer he's the creepy red herring where everyone's like oh it's gotta be this guy because he's a creep and it's not mm-hmm. too obvious and I think it was too obvious even when um, I think for me if I was looking at the movie and I already once I started to like flashbacks from the 90s started to hit me when we were watching this again um, I, I, I recognize certain hints and clues that it was actually Rebecca Gayhart um, when she's chasing Tara Reid there's a scene where she's looking through the door at her and they're both eye level. And so that was kind of a tip off that it wasn't most likely uh, a tall guy who fit this description of, you know, the boots and the jacket and everything. And then there was another point when she's running in the woods uh, with Natalie and she falls behind there being chased by Jared Leto's character. And you hear Rebecca scream and it, it was just kind of, it was, it was too obvious that it was, not Jared Leto to me and that and that's kind of when it triggered my memory of oh wait a second it's Rebecca Gayhart. I I really I I didn't see it coming and I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't remember it but as far as horror movie tropes go she was the ditz of the group for all intents and purposes. Tara Reid was the blonde but she was the ditz and typically they're one and the same and they die first. So right. mm-hmm. the fact that neither one of those things was true in this movie just automatically filled me with joy. I was like, you're not following the like the the 
the formula, this is amazing, but it doesn't, it was a great 90s movie. And watching it again, yes, I feel all those wonderful little pings of nostalgia. But I don't think it holds up as well as Scream does, probably because it didn't do as much for the horror genre as Scream did, I think. It didn't play it straight. Like, I thought Stream, or Stream, Scream played it much more serious, and therefore now it, it seems like an actual movie that some factors may have dated, been dated, but, or seem cliche, but. I don't know. I really liked, like, I remember at the end there was a quote um, where the Scully character was like, She's like, please don't do this. And the crazy curly head girl was like, don't you want to be an urban legend? All your friends are. I was like, oh, got her. See, that was a great line, but she also lied. Because. In what way? I don't remember there being an urban legend about somebody getting rolled over by their car. Poor janitor. Like. I, I don't I don't remember that being an urban legend. Like the rest of it had like these little hints of it, but that's when I started to get like a little picky about it. I was like, now wait a minute, I don't think that's an urban legend. Now you're just getting sloppy because you're a psycho. Okay. <laughs> I'm all for that. But stick to your shit, man. <laughs> but other than that, it was great. I, it makes me wonder, I mean I I knew she killed all of scully's friends i love how we're um, all just, just calling her scully yeah it, she's she's scully now so it's, it's, it's it's canon so okay. um but it's she, canon. she 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 targeted them just to screw around with scully's head but like did did in the in the in the canon world of this of this movie did the do you think the friends scorned her in some way too or she just like just went batshit crazy and she decided to they were just pawns or just collateral. Not, well, not collateral damage, but like, you know, pawns that she moved around and eventually killed to get to Scully. Like, because like, I don't think, I mean, yes, she's, she got really crazy in the end, but I don't think they're just desperate justified. I think she wanted to take away everything that that girl had just like, uh, just like she did by killing her fiance or whatever. Despite the fact that it was an accident, and she's like, "I don't care that you weren't driving; it was still your car, so you're just as culpable." I think it was also because her boyfriend was killed with an urban legend, and so she wanted to have it come full circle and play out the urban legend theme when she came back for Natalie. But then all oh, of this, this entire thing with her, comes full circle twice. Yeah, but mm-hmm. why the reveal at the end, spoiler alert, of no, her coming back? We already passed that bridge is that... a ago. But Josh, Skip. just tell us. Tell us what happened. Spoil us. Skip <laughs> to marker 40. No, I don't know. <laughs> if, so, so, like, why at the very end where the person's telling... I loved the fact that, like, the new students were talking about the entire story as an urban legend. I thought that was great. And outside of having the reveal of, like... She's still alive. Like, why would she be there? Why wouldn't you be gone? Why, like, why would... Why didn't campus security, like, realize that someone <laughs> looks exactly like a former student who killed everyone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unless they didn't do... Unless there really was a cover-up and the university's yeah. so sloppy they didn't even report it. Well, 
Do we? I can't remember. Did Loretta Divine survive, or did she die on the floor? Of the I wish house? she survived. I I want I want to reach this. But that's so okay. So, but that's even. But that's that's your point right there, though. So she dies, and the dean. No, dies. she survived. I think. Well, she probably was promoted to like. I don't think she could have survived because there's no way, like Chris said, that this girl would have been allowed back on campus. All she did was straighten her hair. She looks the same. She was promoted to chief of student campus police. Uh, she got them so crazy eyes you can't hide that with no matter she, what your hair looks like <laughs> she wouldn't have gotten street time she was no longer on the street so she uh she was in an administrative role after getting shot my gripe is that jared leto and scully did not be proper first responders they should have yes. stayed with reese until the cops arrived but no they just drove off I was like oh yeah reese will be fine we're not we're not glazing over this chris why I that everything was I thought decent about this movie because they subverted expectations, Ryan Johnson. But <laughs> wh- tell me why not only do they not help her, why do they leave? Where are they going? Why didn't they check on the person they just shot out the window? They're going to Mexico, obviously. <laughs> 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 yeah a great all great questions <laughs> that was me screaming at the tv i was like you guys are stupid she just fell out of a window she could have survived it wasn't that hard it wasn't that high up you didn't even check what about that body. last scene that was last like, scene she's in your back with, seat, uh, buddy. yeah she and the fact that she did survive when you see her at the very end and she's talking to a new group of students and sharing urban legends with them and you realize it's her it was so it was so wonderful. <laughs> I loved it. It was a great, great spin on the end. I love that. I love that twist ending. But it's like, what? What's? I mean, like, like, like everyone else is saying, like, what's her agenda? What she is she gonna do? Another string of urban legend killings? Yeah, she or... wants to complete her urban legends killings. But where I had a problem is they made her go over the side of a bridge and not land on a bunch of rocks. They made her land in the water. And I remember I was sitting there and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me." We're going to find her in like the last scene of that of this act because she landed in the water. Nobody's going to go look for that body. But she also smashed her head through a, a, a window. Yeah, she was already nuts to begin with. So she has a little bit more damage. Maybe she'll actually. The campus police officer's like, we're not going to look for her. She's probably. Right, and dead. like campus police is injured. Now <laughs> she'll actually kill people according to real urban legends instead of getting sloppy. That's all. I'll just sit here and critique the psychos like methods of killing people. But why? What are her motivations now? She she already came full circle, so is she just gonna do it again? Maybe she got a taste for or, it, or maybe she she says like she's just returning to the scene of crime, like all serial killers do. You know, reliving the my memory. There, this is first of all, all of our questions could be answered in Urban Legends 2, and I think there's a third one. Oh my god, no there isn't. Stop it. No there isn't. Are we doing a follow-up episode on Urban Legends 2 and 3? I think we should. There's Urban Legends Final Cut, uh, which was released in, two, in 2000, and then a directed video film, Urban Legends Bloody yes. Mary. Oh my god, we're doing a follow-up episode on both of these. Jackpot. <laughs> we'll do, we'll no, have to no, do two and one. This is fantastic! I didn't know this was a Thing. Hold on, why is the sequel called Final Cut? It's a literal cut. And it's a film. I don't know. <laughs> it's but a, I don't remember the second one. It... Don't read it. Don't read the plot. 
Oh, okay, don't read it. Okay, keep it keep it super blind. So this has to next be fresh for everyone. Yeah, okay. we'll be Excellent. surprised by it this time. And we'll just watch both of them. So it, we can do a, a follow follow up episode because when I was doing when I was on a Amazon video, there's also I don't think it's related to this franchise, but there's another Amazon Prime TV show, also called Urban Legends. Um, so I mean. It shares the title, so we gotta watch it. It's got. Well, and be. then there's lore, which is one of my favorite um, podcasts, and it's all about urban legends. <laughs> oh my god, I love lore. It's so good. Yes, yeah, so we actually have a lore episode planned uh, in the near or far future. Um, but yeah, uh, Starlight, you can come back, and we, we can we can flail about lore all together. <laughs> yes, we're gonna do all of it. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, I th- I know we reviewed like or we touched about it a little bit, but um, what are, what was the best final kill, and what do you think of Scully as the final girl? Hate her, love the Dean kill. And I'm still with the Drano and the Pop Rocks. I I really enjoyed the the tire uh, spike kill with the Dean as well, and uh, I guess like um. With Alicia Witt, Scully as this final girl, I'm like, uh, I'm not sure. But I, I mean, I really enjoyed, I mean, I guess you could, I mean, she's not technically a final girl, but I really enjoyed the fact that Brenda was still alive and that twist ending just, just, it was just a nice, it, it, to me, it was like a nice, um, way to wrap up the film. I was very apathetic about Alicia Witt's character. I didn't feel any connection to the character. I didn't really care if she, Natalie, oh. I didn't really care if she lived or died. Um, so for me, it was inconsequential. Uh, you know, sometimes you're rooting for your favorite character to survive. And she was definitely not that for me. Yeah. I liked, um, so I liked, I already mentioned, I liked the Tara Reed kill, but I also liked the goth girl getting killed, the roommate. And mainly I liked the kills because of kind of everything around them. Like, I thought it was cool that they set up the goth girl thing. You know, she she's kind of like uh, one of those people that, yeah, she's kind of a B. But outside of that, I thought the tension that it created after the fact, you know, like the mood, like she ignores it, but in her head... You know, she her, someone was dying right next to her as she was just trying to, like, blank it out. And she could have stopped it, but she didn't. I just thought that was really cool. I mean, they set that goth girl up wonderfully. The lithium. Oh, yeah. The turn the lights on again and I'll kill you. The whole thing. Like, that was set up beautifully. So that was definitely my second favorite kill in the movie. So she, uh, Starla and I both pointed this out. The goth girl, as she was, like, messaging uh, I aming or whatever the killer she's like goes out to get ready and she runs out to the mirror in the bathroom and just puts on lipstick and then runs back in i was like you have no mirrors in around like you can't do that in your room <laughs> <laughs> it was literally it wasn't like she was going to the restroom or taking a shower she was just putting on lipstick <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite part of those goth scenes was just like the fact that it's dial-up modem internet connected to a laptop yes. and it's just it's like dude i really want to nostalgic wa- oh my god i really want to want uh I'm, i want to have like i don't know like uh a teenager 
um, just watch this movie and try to explain to them what a beeper is or what is what is dial up modem and, and like <laughs> explain all explain all these dated things to them. And I think I, I just it just made me, it just I I just can't believe. I mean, like the you always think like for me at least the nineties didn't seem that long ago, and then it's like, but it's like twenty years ago, and it's, and a lot has changed. It's just like, geez, I I I don't. I I, rem- I have clear memories of like my dad having a beeper and I I do remember like going on to like AOL instant messenger using dial up and it's it's just it's just so wild. I don't know. I know. It's changed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it's the precursor to dubstep. Mhm. Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> um cool. So uh do we want to give a final rating for the movie and then we can go on to our actual personal urban urban legend are we rating it to other slasher films of the time is it a letter rating or a numeric rating yeah like uh how about uh five out of five uh parker coats <laughs> that's the that is the rating system how many parker coats <laughs> that's cute um hmm. i give it a solid three three point five decimals okay so wait, what's the point five is it missing half a sleeve yeah it, it's, or... it's torn in half oh, no it's sleeveless it still has the hood sleeveless. It's, sleeveless. it's a vest it's a parka jacket and it's a, a vest. parka vest oh my god was that a thing in the yeah. 90s was Upper that vest. Uh, did you did you pair it with your jean cone jean co jeans and your your slap bracelet oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I chris give, you're aging us i want <laughs> i want to give this a three but I feel like after we watch the other two, it's going to have to bump up the score of this one just by proxy. So I don't know. Maybe I'll sit on the three. I'll come back to you later. Yeah, I think three is a fair score. Uh, I will give it a four out of five Parker coats because, um, oh. I mean, yes, it's dated, but I think it's just, I, I don't know if it was intentionally made to be campy or it just turned out that way, but uh, I, it just, it aged badly in the greatest way possible and i think that's one of the <laughs> i don't think that's one of the i think that's a true hallmark of genius like fine yes. line is how i want to think of it yes very true i'm gonna give it a solid three and a half out of five. Uh, is your sleeveless as well or no mine's headless oh oh no for aesthetic purposes yeah, the top half of the coat is missing. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Just roll with it. Exactly. <laughs> like this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like parts of this movie doesn't make sense, but we're going Subverts with it. So your expectations. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now, Dreadfuls, you know of our ratings. You know of our thoughts about the movie. So go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. And sorry for the spoilers. But uh, yeah, I I'm mean, not. we we warned you. We warned you <laughs> the last episode. Every episode, we warn you. So, uh, for our spoopy segment this week, um, we decided to bring our own favorite urban legends. Um, with a caveat, like, if it's an urban legend or, or folktale from your local city or home state, that's great. Um, if you, or just your favorite one in general. Um, so, who wants to start? Josh does. Oh, great. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 
Yay for being bo- voluntary. This is this is my absolute favorite. I'm just kidding. I I researched this and I found the one that I thought was the coolest. Um, so this is the um, I don't think I wouldn't say tale. What do you say for urban legends? Folklore. Folklore of the melon heads, and this is <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's crazy, and uh, this is this is yeah. great. So, all right. So the way it goes, it, it's in a city in northern Ohio, uh, Cleveland area, and there was this no time period specified. But there is this doctor, Doctor Crow, um, and essentially he said to perform unusual experiments on children who developed larger than average heads, hairless, and malformed bodies, right? And so, pretty much. I don't know. I guess the way the story goes is all these kids were staying at like an orphanage or something like that. That's he took everyone in this orphanage and he would do all these experiments on them and like inject stuff into their head to make it even bigger or something crazy like that. But they took over, they killed Dr. Crow, they burned down the orphanage and then they retreated into the forests and legend has it that they like kill babies in the surrounding area and like I don't know how true this is but that just sounds absolutely frightening so (laughs) and I don't know yeah and I don't know what like usually folklore is tied to something right like you said earlier but I have no idea what this could be attached to or what the message is it's like kids be good or I I I have no idea (laughs) So. Oh, I have I have absolutely no idea. I'm assuming anything to do with children, it would have to be just be like obey your parents and be good, or else the boogie. Yeah. It's like that umbrella of like, or the boogeyman's gonna get you type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I I think that's got to be the case. Like, stay inside, come in before it gets dark, or something like that, or don't wander off. You know, that's type the type of mo. But. Yeah, that's frightening. So I'm going to have nightmares about that for the next week. Oh, great. Yay! <laughs> nightmares for your friend. So um, I'll go next. And since I'm sitting next to Josh. Uh, <laughs> so I was born in Venezuela, and I thought it would be cool to bring a little Latin American folklore to the podcast. Ooh, I really hope you and... do the one I think you're going to do. There were actually several, which I was not aware of, but I picked the one that was, to me, the most interesting. Um, This particular uh, urban legend is called El Silbon, which means the whistler. And there are two variations of this story. Um, The first variation is that... uh, Hold on, let me pull it up so I get it correct. Pull it up from her memory. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The legend came from sometime in the middle of the 19th century. And according to folklore, the spirit is a youth who murdered and disemboweled his father for killing his mother. And afterwards, the grandfather um, was called to the house and he ordered that the youth be tied to a post in the middle of the countryside. And he lashed him with this horrible whip until his back was just completely destroyed. And then the grandfather cleaned his wounds with uh, chili peppers, onions, and alcohol, and released him, um, and then he sicked two rabid, starving dogs upon him. And so, uh, before releasing him, his grandfather condemned him to carry the bones of his father for all eternity. And so, 
the characteristic uh, that's very unique to this particular tale is that this character has a whistle, and uh, a lot of people in the area say that they heard that whistle, and that the whistler will appear by a house on certain nights, drop his sack of bones on the ground, and count the bones one by one. And if anyone hears the whistle and hears him counting the bones, nothing will happen. But if no one hears the whistle before dawn, one member of the family next in the house that he is counting the bones beside will never wake up again. And there's another version of this tale, which is a similar premise. However, with this particular tale, um, this was a story of uh, a young spoiled boy who insisted to his father that he wanted to eat venison so his father should go out and hunt a deer. And so the father took, um, he left the house, he went to go hunting, but the little boy grew impatient and he went to go find his father. And when he found him in the woods, he realized that his father had not hunted anything or not been successful in hunting. And so he killed his father and gutted him and took his, the guts back to his home. And he handed the guts to his mother, pretending that they were from the deer and told his mother to cook them. And as the hours passed and the mother began to notice that the guts, the intestines and everything weren't softening, she began to suspect that they were actually human remains and that they were the remains of her husband. So then the grandfather came over, similar situation, whipped him, stick the dogs on him and the boy was killed. Uh, and so I just thought this was a really interesting story. It was pretty gory, but uh, it just, it's fascinating. And and then you, if you hear that whistle, you're in trouble. So I enjoyed that one. Much cooler than mine. I've heard that one before. Nice, I nice. Really love that one. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, and I guess like it goes after this particular spirit. It wanders. It's hungry for death, and it's easy, eager to punish drunkards, womanizers, or even innocent victims. And it said that it sucks the alcohol out of drunkards through their navel when it finds them alone through their belly button, and that it tears womanizers to pieces, removes their bones, and puts them in the sack where it keeps the remains of the father. So, I don't know. Gory, perfect for fall, for Halloween coming up. I thought it was cool, and it's typical of my home country, so it was kind of neat. My navel hurts now. Your navel hurts? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. That was awesome. Uh, Ryan, uh, do you want me to go? Yeah, sure. Why not? This was, this was, this episode was your baby. You can go whenever you want. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so, uh, I grew up in New Jersey, so the, I, I wanted to do the Jersey devil, but like other, other shows, other people have written about it, talked about it, you know, Lord did an episode about it. So, uh, I think, I think it was too obvious and other people have done a better job than I could have met or than I could. Uh, so I wanted to talk about something that was, that's very, very close to my, um, my hometown. Uh, I grew up in Mercer County, New Jersey, so like central New Jersey, uh, for those who don't know. Um, so I want to paint a picture, uh, imagine, uh, all across the country, uh, in 1938, uh, you're sitting down with your family and you're listening to a radio program. And uh, all of a sudden, um, you begin to hear this, this news report that Martians have landed in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and and, um, 
and it's it's this pandemonium and um and this is all occurring on the night before halloween uh and it's it, what's in, what ensues is mass hysteria and uh for one night the, like the entire country is engulfed in uh, you know, I, I guess, so to speak, like, I mean, it's more like mass hysteria and, you know, group think, but you could say it's like everyone was consumed by, uh, a, like a folk, like a, like a, the ideas of the beginnings of an urban legend, but, um, uh, of aliens taking over. Um, so what am I talking about? I'm talking about HG Wells's super famous radio program, uh, the war of the worlds. Um, and um, in the setting, well, during the radio program on the story, uh, aliens were in the canon. Aliens were landing in New Jersey, specifically um, in a small town, um, not like ten minutes away from my old childhood home, um, in uh, uh, Princeton Junction, New Jersey. Like, but specifically, it's on the intersection of. Cranberry, Clarksville, and Grover's Mill Road, uh, specifically Grover's Mill, like that's one of the sites that's it's most uh, known for. Um, and if you would hop on over to Cranberry Road, uh, which is uh, in Grover's Mill County, um, you will find uh, a site where there, I think I'm not sure if it's still there. But there's uh, a water tower that was actually mistaken for a, a flying saucer landing in New Jersey, and so a bunch of townspeople actually like went to it and fired it up because because we're not gonna let the aliens like take over New Jersey or our, our country. Um, and I I just love I just love I mean I mean I, I guess it's it's debatable if you want to call it urban lynch or not. I don't think it is, but. I think just for one night, like the power of myth and legend, like just spread like wildfire, because like so many people were driven by fear and hysteria to report, like they all they're, they're, they saw Martians invade their hometowns as well. Um, but you know, New Jersey was was the epicenter of it all, and I actually. Uh, actually didn't really know about this local claim to fame in a town that's just, you know, literally like 10 minutes away from my childhood home until I visited, uh, one of my, my best friends back home and, um, we decided to meet up at the, this place, this really cool place called the Grover's Mill Coffee Shop. Um, it's like, it's, it's in this small shopping center, um, in West Windsor, uh, New Jersey, and it's claimed to fame. It's a coffee shop that's decorated with memorabilia, all of all from the War of the Worlds radio program. Um, so it has like a lot, lots of cool news clippings and um, um, like themed coffee mugs, and it regularly participates in like annual uh, celebrations uh, of the anniversary of this radio program. Uh, so that was, uh, I found out about this maybe like uh, at least like three or four years ago, or maybe like two, no, maybe like three years. Uh, and it just really captured my, my imagination and it made me feel like really proud and like really endeared to, for something so monumental 
uh, to happen so close to my town and especially not just because it's such a great story it's so phenomenal but um it was like a really huge turning point um in media like it it was it, i think it was like a, a demonstration of like how powerful like the medium of radio is and here we are now where you know uh, we're podcasting and you know we're kind of honoring that tradition so here's my question do you think anything like that could ever happen again in today's society? Like, do you think that someone could do that over television or something and elicit that sim- same response or social media or something? I, yes. Well, yes and no. I, I, th- I think, I think with, with social media, you could definitely replicate like the mass hysteric hysteria ripple effect very, very well. Like, you know, we have a term called going viral. Um, so I think you could, if you can cleverly create a hoax that's convincing enough, uh, you could definitely spread it around. On the other side, I feel like um, it would it would go viral, and then I think it would be disproven like it would be or, or it would at be least be put onto a lot of scrutiny. Yeah, exactly, uh, because like people. I mean, you you have an entire communities, or, or, or you know, you know, this is what will happen: the, the hoax will go viral, people will talk about it, and then people on the side who who had like too much free time, or they're just, they're just they just love this kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, they would create a subreddit, uh, they would go on 4chan, they would do, they would post millions of YouTube videos, piecing every single frame, uh, and dissect it, <laughs> and um, and I think uh. I think it would generate a lot of interesting conversation, but I think, in a way, it's it's harder. It would be a very a lot harder to pass a bar of, or I guess like beyond the shadow of a doubt. Um, so, I mean, also the also the uh, at the time, like in 1938, like the idea of like Martians landing was like a very was like a, like a like it's like an untapped well or untapped reserve to tap into like the 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 hidden like the collective consciousness of the of like just people in America and it just captured and people it people's imagination people just ran with it um i would think it would have to be like a hoax so elaborate and so well funded like it would have to be like yeah. Elon Musk like <laughs> do like spending all of his enormous amounts of money to do like the most amazing prank ever and he could do it he, like i i mean I, okay, you know what? This is what this is what uh, Elon Musk. If you're listening to this, I want you. I want you to do a War of the World style um, hoax video where you have all these robots that, like Google and probably your company, is developing with these robots, which are doing like i robot i robot level. You like know, stunts, like doing flips and stuff, and like you're you're provoking you're provoking Skynet, you're provoking Terminator, and just have like have him stage a like a really well shot viral shaky camera thing where like a bunch of robots are, are rioting or like have gone sentient, and then and then and then <laughs> and then people will think, oh my god, Skynet is real, and then and then uh, that would be my pitch for like a next gen War of the Worlds. Well, it, that's actually pretty genius because Elon Musk always does say like AI is going to take over all that stuff. So 
Never let Chris take control of the world, ever. We'll be drowning in purple <laughs> demons and aliens. Okay, okay, well, well, well I'll, then I'll make a public service about this. Like, Starla, we, we talked about it when you were uh, on our episode. I'll make it so that all along, Elon Musk was teaming up with, like, FEMA and the CDC and first responders about how to properly prepare for a robot apocalypse. And then Elon Musk would be like, well, we're, we're, we're totally screwed. So we have to change society as we know it. And then and we, we have to, we, 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 we have to learn. Everyone's carrying like a personal EMP device in their, in their pocket now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Problem solved. That was way off topic, <laughs> but. <laughs> no, it's good. All right. So mine is decidedly a little bit more boring, I feel like, than your guys'. But No, so... no, no, sell it, sell it, Ryan. <laughs> so this, yeah, act it out. this particular urban legend or originates in Staten Island, but that's still technically a part of New York, so I kept it. And it's also one of my favorites because I feel like when I went to camp there was a version of this and that's sort of how I grew up hearing it before I heard the version that came out of Staten Island. And that is the legend of Cropsey. And Cropsey was an urban legend to warn children. And he was known as the boogeyman of Staten Island. And he was supposed to be a homicidal madman, uh, an escaped mental patient with a hook for a hand. So that trope we've heard before, yes. but he is a escape mental patient with a hook for a hand who uh, hunted children and dragged them back down to these abandoned ruins of a former sanitarium. Oh, yeah. But the true story behind all of this, which is why I still love it and find it fascinating, is Cropsey was based on like a real life boogeyman of Staten Island. His name was Andre Rand, and he actually worked and or lived in the former Willowbrook State School, which closed down in 1987. It was an institution for mentally disabled children that Geraldo Rivera did a documentary on. Like that was Melon Heads. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, Geraldo Rivera actually did like this huge expose. And I remember watching this expose and thinking, oh my God, this, 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 is, this is insanely disgusting and amazing all at the same time. Um, and because of his expose, it got Willowbrook completely shut down. And that came, the expose came out in 1972 and it took from 1972 to 1987 to get the school closed down. Oh, wow. Yeah. And in yeah. that time, Andre Rand, who worked there, would, um, now they never found the bodies of these kids, but they had kids that disappeared from a decade before that to the first one on record, who was a five-year-old who disappeared in 1972, a seven-year-old who disappeared in 1981, an 11-year-old who disappeared in 1983, and a 22-year-old mentally disabled teen who was last seen with him in 1984. And he Jeez. would take the... He was completely homeless and living on the grounds after they shut down the institution. Huh. So he would take the kids back there. And because of that, they 
developed this urban legend of Cropsy. And they made him slightly less terrifying, in my opinion, than the real man. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think anytime you have, like, because urban legends are all supposedly based on true stories, right? Like, that's how it develops. Mm -hmm. But anytime it actually is based on a true story, that is even more frightening, you know? Oh, yeah, the real thing is always more terrifying, yeah. Now, the sanatorium is still there, oh. but it's completely abandoned, and you have to, and there was a documentary called Cropsy that I've watched, and I watched them walk in there. You have to go at night because they do police the area, because you're not supposed to be there. But if you don't think that, like, one of my life goals is to, like, break into that joint yes. and go look inside your head of your mind. like I'll, I'll stay outside and wait for you to come out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Everyone it's still there up. in the middle of the forest in Staten Island, completely, like, completely done. But, Starlight, you can't wait outside. You're the one with the machete. That's, that is true, Mike. You, you know what it's funny? We don't know Josh's who's inside. Birth. I know, yeah. When in doubt, go to Starlight Josh's. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we're prepared for the zombie apocalypse. No, but uh, it's funny that you mentioned the sanatorium because for Josh's uh, 33rd birthday this year, we went to West Virginia and we stayed at the Trans-Allegheny. Uh, we didn't stay. We visited the Trans-Allegheny. Um, oh, that's on my bucket list. Insane Asylum. Whoa. Yeah, and it was... So Joshua wanted to stay overnight, which apparently I tried you can, so hard to get I'm started. sorry. I no, can't do it. I have to draw a line somewhere. I really enjoyed the tour of it, and it had a similar history to the story you just recounted, Ryan, um, in that, you know, it had been, I think it, it, it shut down in, like, the early 80s, and it was abandoned for over 20 years before um, this, this man bought it for, I think, a million dollars. It's humongous. A lot of urban legends and, and, and stories, horrifying stories that came from there, everything from uh, doctors conducting um, hazardous, unsanitary lobotomies to uh, people who had committed suicide with it, and their, people believe that their spirits still inhabited the asylum. And uh, it was really, really, it, it's, there's a part of me that feels very somber going into those places because there was a lot of misery in those establishments. So part of me feels like I need to respect that. Oh, yeah, um, another totally. part of me is, is very, um, I'm fascinated by it, even though a lot of horrific things happen there, but uh, yeah, really interesting place. And they're actually open now. Uh, the person that bought it is trying to restore the, the asylum to its original, uh, state, uh, how it was before the eighties when it shut down and there were fires and, uh, people had like squatted water there, water damage, graffiti, but he's trying to go floor by floor and restore it to how it was a long time ago. So he's trying to restore it. He's trying to restore it for historical purposes or he's trying to restore it as like a functioning. No, they have it as an attraction. No, okay. not for functioning. It's more of an attraction. Now people come to see it. Uh, we went on its opening day. Uh, I think it was the end of March. They had opened it for. Um, the next season, I think they stay open until November or so, but they, they do, uh, activities for Halloween. Um, so like one of the, fun. so in regards to your question about historic, they do, um, like one of the things that they have that they'll just bring in furniture. So it's not like, what was the exact furniture? Well, they brought historic furniture. It's not like Ikea furniture. They brought yeah, in yeah. furniture. They said that someone had gone around across the country and found pieces that they felt would be reminiscent of the of its proper day and age. 
And um, so if you go in, you can see he's, he's restoring it floor by floor, and you can see the furniture. Um, they have all of the different wards. So you have wards for the criminally insane females, the criminally insane males. They had a children's ward, um, and they're the just doing it bit slept. by bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. They have, like, the area where the nurses slept and stuff. Yeah. So he, I guess he's trying cool. to restore it so that it can become, I guess, like um, a historical landmark. Yeah. Maybe. It's definitely a, the attraction for that area. So I'd say that's kind of what keeps the town with a steady source of tourism. I think that's all. I mean, I feel the same way you do. Like, I really want to visit multiple institutions that are still open that you can go visit. But I do have that sense of it wasn't all hunky dory in some of these places. Like, yes, some of them. As times progressed, they weren't as cruel, but a lot of the damage had been done already. And the people that truly like suffered in institutions like that, I feel like you do have to approach it with a sense of uh, um, respect. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, it, it's not a theme park. We're not going there. So you, there's a fine line to me. Oh no, absolutely. And um, in that same breath, though, I would, I still take this other fascination with it, where I, I, I have to go there and I have to see it mm-hmm. out of a pure, yeah, that's how I am too, like unhealthy curiosity. <laughs> yep, same. <laughs> oh, I, if you think of it as like, uh like a, a museum of sorts, you know, it, it's, it's rooted in a particular context and a particular place and time and certain like social norms and mores and you could still appreciate it. Um, but like, like we said before, like mental, mental health, mental, mental illness is a very serious issue. So, um, there's a certain degree of respect, but I think, I think you can, you can still ride both lines. Um, I, one of the things I wanted to do when we kind of touched on this is, um, and I don't know if you, you guys would do it. Um, I tried to get Starla. You can like stay overnight. Yeah, no. And they lock you in there. <gasps> yeah. Oh God, no. And, yeah, and you exactly. have to stay. It's like from <laughs> six to six or something like that. Uh, no. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I would, I would love to do that. Yes, like Chris. let's do it. Yes, Chris, yes. you go ahead. I'll um, stand watch outside. So if you guys have problems, so- I'll be a first responder. I just, okay. oh, I don't, I don't, um, no, I don't, mm, 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 I don't think I could do so that. So I think you're 100% right. And I think the cool thing about, I've had this discussion with Starla about horror movies and things like that and why people watch them and why they enjoy them. And I've always said that people don't, you know, you watch movies or because you don't experience these emotions or to kind of experience these emotions outside of that, uh, your everyday life, right? Like fear. Right? You, you hopefully never experience that, but that's why you go watch The Conjuring movie or something like that. It's kind of visceral in, in a sense. And that's what I think you get from staying in a tent in like the Trans-Allegheny. You know, like I think that would be cool to just experience that, something that you wouldn't normally Yeah, it's cool until life. you're haunted by the most malicious, like hell-bent spirit available in the sanatorium. I don't think so. I do not. I don't know that that I don't know about all that stuff, but I'm not willing to play with it and find out. See, like I feel I like at this point in my life, the closest I could get to that is do like a midnight two hour tour of something like that. Tour mm-hmm. with another with a group of people with another person. <laughs> and 
armed group of people and be fine with it i don't (laughs) know if i'm quite prepared to like stay overnight in a place like that like emotionally prepared yeah no i think Um, i would pee yeah (laughs) 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 yes (laughs) we might have a problem like i would just get kicked out just purely because i smell bad like i think i would pee um (laughs) but but, (laughs) like it's always been and i have tried to talk tom into this several times i really want to go to the eastern state penitentiary in philadelphia it's part of the reason why i want to go oh it's so good and i've never it is so good but there have been so many stories that have come out of there and that is part of my curiosity but because of those stories it's the same thing where i'm just like those stories are there for a reason like yes there is this idea that it's haunted by these people but it's haunted because of what these people went through so it's again it's that mutual fine line of respect and healthy curiosity that i feel like i would have trouble treading at the moment because i get very excited about stuff like that and i don't want to like seem disrespectful right that's how i feel too because i'm i'm really fascinated but i'm always trying to like keep it in check and make sure that it's respectful fascination i don't know exactly i'm untethered chris let's do this <laughs> get your tent um, ryan and i will do the 12 yes, o'clock so, tour thank you very much yeah i'll do the tour we'll okay. walk you guys inside very good. when we're done and we'll come back in the morning yeah <laughs> excellent uh my my dream lock oh my god you have a dream lock-in be... i do not lock me in a library yeah. overnight that's my, uh, my dream, dream uh, uh, my <laughs> my my dream lock-in like i'll have well josh and i will have free reign yes. the place to yes. and we'll have we'll have uh thermal cams and like camera rigs and uh we'll, right. we'll have and the whole king caboodle when uh, all your shit just magically powers down and you have nothing left yeah, no be great. you won't have any record of what happened to you and then what's yeah, you gonna better happen start praying cowboy uh, <laughs> We have you guys. Uh, uh, well, I mean, as this as as we're recording this, we have like five different backups. You're gonna have five backups when you two there will be there by the... yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not they're banking the on full. the fact our that survival has to come. <laughs> if we scream, you guys run. Our survival. <laughs> yes, yes. Our survival is second to preserving a record for posterity. So that is more important. So I will, I will, I will, I'll grab like 50 batteries and 50 cameras. And it'll be, Josh, it'll be your fun. life is in we'll, this We'll have one of those hovering. Yeah. I told you I'm unchained right now. Uh, I'm untethered. Let's do it. Uh, yes. Let's go. Okay. So Josh, Josh, I, I want us to have free reign of the entire Alcatraz. Oh yes. 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 I mean, See, I was talking. I was talking with Starla about camping in the Blair Witch uh, Woods. Okay, so I had that actually I that Ooh. years ago because I looked up where the Blair Witch Woods were, and they're in Maryland. Oh snap! Well, we should I go. I would do that. Right, yes. come down. I would do that. I like camping. I don't know. I do know. We're doing. It. I think we should. I I won't spend overnight in a in a institution, but I absolutely will go camping in woods. Haunted Woods? Hell yeah! Potentially Haunted Woods? Yes. I'm bringing my camera. Here's the thing. The only thing that could kill me in those woods would be the trees, because I am deathly allergic to about 19 of the most common trees in the United States of America. 
That has more okay. of a chance of killing me than don't, else. Maybe you shouldn't go camping don't, with us. I don't still eat hike. any of the trees. I, I still hike. <laughs> I still have a life. I said that to my allergist after he told me. I was like, look, I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm still going to go outside. So I don't know what you want me to do with this information. <laughs> it's okay right just just stock up on all the claritin and, and stuff it, you, you'll, it'll be get fine. a couple epi <laughs> yeah she'll be fine <laughs> um claren doesn't help anaphylactic shock i will literally just die oh, oh no, okay <laughs> epi pen yes i'll be fine you have about a five minute window between my throat closing up and actual death so it's okay <laughs> well, right. Well, maybe we the will ghost all take CPR. first aid class, and we'll have. We'll, we will. We will do proper emergency preparedness. So Guys, let's go camping. I'm really excited. Uh, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> what? Um, cool beans. So that's um, that sounds great. Summer. We're gonna be camping. We're gonna be live podcasting from the middle of the haunted mm. woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would I, let's please let's okay. do that. Um, I'm I'm down. I I'm so down for Blair Witch. Like audible mention, like it's one of my all time favorite camping spots. But the Pine Barrens, the Pine Barrens are where the Jersey Devil myth uh takes place. Uh, it's a really beautiful set of um, uh camping grounds, and uh I, th- I th- at the time I-, I know we went on a special camping trip. But I, uh, I would have to check. But sometimes they do tours, so I mean that's something that should be on the table. Yeah, I would totally do it. Okay, well that uh, makes two of you. And I just want to mention, Chris, uh, in regards to the Jersey Devil, <laughs> there is a really, really good movie called Bad Ben. No, no, <laughs> no, Chris, do not, do not open that what? door. Oh my goodness, that is one of the worst movies. It's and on, I, I apologize it's on Amazon to the video. director uh, if he's watching this. Do not waste an hour and a half. And no, there are three movies, Bad Ben, we watched all of Badder them. Ben, and what is it, like Steelmanville Road? They're, they look like they were shot with an iPhone and in this guy's own house, it is not good. Imagine not if your good. dad figured out how to make a found footage movie. <laughs> it no, was a horror no, movie. No. This sounds like the room of, of horror movies. And I'm kinda I'm it kinda is. into it. No, the room okay, no, the room of horror movies is the bed. Is deathbed, the bed who eats. Yeah, no 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 no. Don't do it, Chris. You'll thank me Death. later deathbed it's horrible we wasted like we just watched it because we had to like see how horrible it would end and it it was just well i felt like that's probably five hours of my life i'll never get well as ryan would attest i'm not opposed to passing on well i mean if i i want to turn everything to audio gold so if it's that bad we should have you guys on again and we should watch this film and and we should talk about it i couldn't get (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't get her to watch it again. Uh, yeah, sorry guys. We should watch Deathbed. Yes, or please. All the bad, hor- all the bad ones. I, I need them all, all my life. That's. Uh, I love. No, Deathbed is Deathbed is terrible. bad. Movies are great. Okay, maybe we should do a gauntlet, like 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 a battle royale. <laughs> what is the all time worst worst bad movie ever? Uh, oh, and each person brings one to the. Well, table. I don't. Oh, Sam Uncle Sam. List, Uncle, Uncle Sam was really terrible. Uh, yes. 
Uncle Sam was god awful. That, I cannot believe we did that. Yes, I, you can. It has it to be a surprise though. You guys can't. You can't. Uh, well, mention bad it now. Ben's out. Man, my bad Ben pick is out. Yeah, we have to come up with something that I've none of us one. have seen. Well, we that. will we will plot and scheme. <laughs> I'm really excited for all these ideas. Yes. Um, we will plot and scheme. I'm very excited. <laughs> Stay tuned for a year from now for our podcast episode of us in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Do it. That I'm excited about. Um, I guess to wrap it up a little bit, uh, let's do a spotlight on our special guests for today. So, Starla and Josh, um, uh, you you were our, our first, uh, especially my first uh, choice for being guests on our show, because you two are like super huge horror professionals and uh, uh, um, uh, savants, um, and you also do side projects on the side, so... Um, uh, you can tell us about it. You can tell us what got into horror. You can just, you know, just freeform association right now. Just a little, just tell the audience a little bit about yourselves. That's great. I have no, what got us into horror? I, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't allowed to watch scary movies growing up, but by the time I was 17 or 18, I'd kind of, I think I, I mentioned this in the last episode. Um, I watched Dawn of the Dead and that, that kind of spurred my, my interest in um, well, I mean, I guess us in together. the horror genre, but us together, I think we've always enjoyed going to haunted houses in the fall, and um, we we're, we're huge movie aficionados. We we kind of gobble up uh, intriguing movies as, as quickly as we can, and also less intriguing movies. I think we and seen... less intriguing movies like Bad Ben. That was just <laughs> so. I think yeah, I know. So I think on Netflix, we we joke about this a lot. I think we've seen like. 60, 70% of the movies, which doesn't seem like a lot, but there are a lot of movies on there. Yeah, we, and we definitely like watching movies. Constantly, I don't know, it's just something we enjoy. Yeah. We've ran into some pretty bad ones or some ones that are over the top. And then on the side, um, I write. So I've been a writer since, since I was a kid, but I'd say professionally? Um, on Amazon, at least, since 2015. So I've got um, The Undoing. I've got The Town in the Mountain, which was a novella as part of an anthology. We do a holiday anthology. Josh and I write a story together. And we do it with a few other authors. Um, and then we've got one coming out October, November for the holidays. And that will be something that we will share more about soon. We'll and then I've got that. The Hell That Follows, which is um, book two in my trilogy. Yeah. So uh, Starla's way more accredited in any of this <laughs> than I am. I'm just a jabroni. Uh-uh. Uh, so I don't do any. I, I have like a you Canon. You do movies. I have like a Canon 70D. Yeah, I love just filming. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means, but I like anytime we do family outings or anything like that, I'll force all of our family to be actors or Starless family. To yeah, be my actors. family. <laughs> yeah. It's always on my family <laughs> Or trips. my friends or something like that. <laughs> um, and we just make silly, you know, horror shorts. And, you know, I kind of like think of the idea on the spot or really quickly. And um, it, it's pretty much just a way to kind of, I like it because it, uh, it concrete or cements like these, uh, those moments in history, you know, so it, it's it's always nice to do, uh, at least to have. And then I've done some little things with Starla, and you were thinking about submitting something. What was it like? Josh, what was your favorite horror sh- 
horror short of his own. You did. Oh, I, yeah. I hate them all. They're all terrible. They're not. Oh no, but uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I come always on. get on Josh for being self-deprecating. They, they progressively get better. Uh, but I don't. Um, the thing is, usually it's like just Starla and I, so we're out resourced. Um, so one of them we just did Night Terror. It's called Night Terror, and it's <laughs> inspired by true events, <laughs> not urban legends. Oh, 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 do tell. This this sounds this no, sounds amazing. No, no, Go ahead, no, no. babe. <laughs> it's not. It, no, 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 no. So it's uh, yeah, pretty much. It's like. I don't know. It's just the, the, the quick premise. It's nothing. I think it's like a five minute video, but it's essentially like this guy's having night terrors and it's just this girl kind of trying to figure it out or deal with it. And we shot it actually when we were at that insane asylum, not at the insane asylum, but that while we weekend. were, yeah, that weekend where we were staying in like this mansion kind of. It was, and it like, was like an a, old, like 1800 era yeah. Victorian mansion. It was so neat. Bed and breakfast. Yeah. But I'm definitely not professional or to the pedigree that Starla is. I just am a horror junkie. Well, I mean, you don't have to be a professional. If you just, if you love what you do, I mean, just do it. Exactly. Just for the sake of doing it. If the director of Bad Ben is on Amazon Video, then I think. Josh's movies could 100% (laughs) be on Amazon Video. (laughs) They are so much better than Bad Ben. Uh, Josh, you can aspire to be better than that movie, yeah. and then you, and then yes, and then and then we will we will pitch the hell out of it, and then we'll we'll have some viral marketing. Maybe maybe we'll get like Alamo Drafthouse to distribute. <laughs> there it. we go. Uh, I like pulpy it, cult movies. It'll be great. We'll we will we will we will we will grind and hustle on this campaign. I would absolutely make a short. I I, I need actors, and I'm I'm uh, conscripting you guys as volunteers <laughs> okay yes we've been volunteered we've been volunteered yes. mine so it's gonna i volunteers tribute you can kill me well, what we can do uh starla has, like has shown in the past like she she has some serious uh special effects makeup skills so oh. we can go camping we can get some fake blood going on like yes. uh, maybe be like like i don't know our version of evil dead i don't know it'd be great it'd be awesome sounds good as long it. as you're involved chris i'm down okay i always have fun with yeah, chris Chris is like let's do it chris is just a fun dude to be around oh yeah i agree thank you and we we love we love that you're here and we love you we love uh I, you guys are the best yeah thanks for having us again yes uh, no problem, and um, I guess you know. Uh, we're, I think we're nearing time, so do you want to give any last thoughts to our dreadfuls? No, I think we we covered it all. We were we were thorough. Yeah, too thorough. <laughs> nah, no such thing. <laughs> Anytime we talk about bad band, that's uh, too thorough. True. Well, I think we talked about it enough where it, it it must warrant an episode. And you guys, you guys are more than welcome to always come back to on the show. So we, w- yeah, we, yeah, awesome. back we would love to. Yeah, we would love to. You guys are fun. Yes, I mean we have so many plans. We have like we have Urban Legends two and three and the the Batman. We're definitely doing that as an episode. And for the entire month of October, Chris and I are attempting to get extraordinarily ambitious. Usually, we only um record every other friday but this month we're attempting to do multiple episodes like within the month oh okay yeah because it's october we gotta live it up we we gotta we gotta yes that's awesome very excited 
Well, we always do like crazy things on 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 Halloween, so we're trying to like go to some uh, haunted houses, do all that kind of stuff. We always pack it in, so we'll see. You know what? I I we should we should all do a haunted house together. I know, right? I know you're so far away, but but we should. I, again, I we should. I would love it so Sounds much good. if we could just strap on some GoPros on each other and and oh, and then or or just just have a mic uh, clip to our <laughs> Here we go again. Or, or lapels or whatever. <laughs> and... Let's go camping first before we do any of that. Let's go camping first. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay baby steps. Baby steps. We'll do one it. thing at a time, please. Yes. I'm only gonna pee in front of strangers in public once in my life, like once a year. So, like, let's let's save that one. <laughs> we gotta acclimate. It's fine. Right. Like, let's let's wait. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. So with that, um, you know, this is the end. Uh, again, special thanks to our special and amazing horror horror guest hosts, uh, Starla and Josh. You guys are amazing. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And we really hope to have you back on soon. Absolutely. We'd love mm-hmm. to be back. De- definitely. Thank you. And uh, Ryan, uh, where can uh, people find our show? And where can they find us online? You can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, where we often interact with Shutter because we love them so much. Um, no, it's okay. It's okay. We we're, we are best we are best buddies. We, I, I, I love tweeting at, at Shutter from our account. Um, and coming soon, um, hopefully just in time for the month of October, we will have a website coming soon. So you will Ooh. very very shortly have a nice central hub to reach us at and see all of our stuff, including our stickers that we still have. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes because that is the most important part of all of... Well, not the most important. The most important part is doing all of this and having people like Starla and Josh on. But the second most important part of all of this is getting those ratings from iTunes because of their algorithm. (laughs) Just love us. (laughs) Love us and share the show uh, and whatever whatever platform you're listening to this just uh give us a positive rating uh give us feedback we we we're always experimenting with new stuff on the show so uh and we we just we 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 genuinely love doing this and we just want to create the best and most amazing horror community out there uh so it's all thanks to you so thank you everyone for listening and this is our 12th episode and uh we we hope to have many more um so for our next uh uh, episode um ryan and i will be doing uh a i guess a mini series of episodes where uh we'll get to know our hosts so i'm on deck for for this first episode so when you want to know more about me my quirks and my inner darkest thoughts and secrets and stuff so um, uh you want to watch the two films uh brain scan and stay alive um and then we'll fall with ryan and we're going to be watching um the houses october built uh for the first one uh well one and two uh so yeah so now you have plenty of notice. You'd have no excuse. <laughs> so do your homework, or or just or just 
hop on and listen to us whatever floats your boat um but stay tuned for those episodes as well as the rest of october uh where we have so many spoopy things lined up so excited um so once more thank you again starla and josh you all are wonderful and thank you guys. Yes. Thanks for having us. And uh yeah. thank you, Dreadfuls, for listening. Thank you. Stay, Stay spooky. spooky. <laughs> <laughs>